Would you like to 10X your productivity and stop feeling so overworked and overwhelmed? Welcome to the Extreme Productivity Podcast with New York Times bestselling author and Inc. 500 entrepreneur, Kevin Cruz. Hey, hey, welcome everyone. I'm Kevin Cruz and I interviewed over 200 self-made millionaires and billionaires and successful entrepreneurs including the co-founders of Facebook, Zynga, Groupon, Atlassian, the billion-dollar software company out of Australia, and also a lot of successful solo entrepreneurs, you know, people like Pat Flynn and John Lee Dumas. And I talked to all of them to discover their secrets to extreme productivity. And in last week's episode, I gave you simple questions so that you could zero in on your most important task, your MIT, and we talked about the power of proper priorities. And today, I'm talking about why high achievers, ultra-productive people, don't use to-do lists. EGAD, no to-do lists. <laughs> but first, if you want to 10x your productivity, just send a text to 44222. Just send the word achieve to 44222. And I'll send you a ready-to-print PDF of the one-page planning tool that millionaires use to schedule their day. If you don't want to send a text, you can, of course, go to the website, productivity-podcast.com, and get your instant download. So let me ask you this. I mean, do you really think, back in the day, Steve Jobs just kept a running task list in his pocket and would pull out that little piece of paper and just ask himself several times a day, what's my next action? <laughs> if you're not a Steve Jobs or an Apple fan, you know, put in whoever your you know, productivity superhero is, whether that's the Bill Gates or Michael Dell or any of these kinds of guys. Do you think they're just running around with that long to-do list, picking things off throughout the day? Um, let's get out of business. Do you think extreme athletes, professional athletes, are working and running their life off a to-do list. You know, does the quarterback say, wow, you know, I got a big game on Sunday. Let me wake up and look at my to-do list and uh, get to it. That's not how they, that's not how they work. That's not how they live. To-do lists should be called nagging wish lists. <laughs> a whole bunch of tasks that you hope to accomplish, you think you're supposed to accomplish, but you don't have a specific plan as to when you're going to get it all done. So, you know, how many things on your current to-do list, be honest, have been there for days or even months? There was a time when I had some items on my list for more than a year, like, you know, uh, get, get the uh, 2012 family photo album done. I think that was on the list, you know, for several years. Research was done um, in 2014 and was published in a guide, if you want to start Googling around, The Busy Person's Guide to the Done List. And they found that 41% of to-do list items are never completed. 41% are never completed. 50% of the to-do list items that are completed are completed within a day, and, and many of those within an hour of it being written down. It's almost like you know, we write it on the to-do list and then cross it off right away so we can feel productive. And here's the problem. To-do lists are, it's a technology that's 120 years old. You know, the story goes that to-do lists were invented by a guy named Ivy Lee. 
And he was a consultant that was hired by uh, Charles Schwab, who was running U.S. Steel at the time. And Schwab said, Ivy League, hey, you know, I want my executives to get more stuff done, you know, to be better with their time. So Ivy Lee said, all right, here's the answer. Uh, at the beginning of the day, uh, I want you all to take out a piece of paper and write down six things that you'd like to do and start working on the first item and then, you know, work on it until it's done, then move on to the second item and keep going through your list until it's time to go home. Well, that sounds really quaint. <laughs> you know, only six items and work on stuff until it's time to go home. But, you know, that was 120 years ago when, you know, people worked uh, uh, an eight-hour day and it was more about put clock in your time in instead of this round-the-clock, never-ending cycle. You know, the world um, uh, was round and not flat, meaning, you know, you worked in one time zone, not multiple time zones. It wasn't as competitive. I mean, these were companies and businesses that had monopolies. Um, every, every executive had their own secretary, you know, called secretaries back then. Um, it, was, it was just a completely different time. And look, to-do lists work today if you don't have much to do. So if you only have a handful of things to do, sure, write them down, cross them off. But for most of us, we're talking about high achievers. We're talking about extreme productivity. How do we get into the top 10% or even 1% when it comes to getting things done? And, you know, this shows why people always ask me, you know, did the world really need another time management book? Why are you working on that, Kevin? The fact that we've been taught to use to-do lists all this time, all the books are about to-do lists, all of the time management courses are about to-do lists. And yet here we are. Do you feel any less stressed? You know, we're overscheduled, overworked and overwhelmed. Uh, as I like to say, you know, we're, we're fatigued, we're frazzled, we're frustrated, we're totally effed because of the to-do list. So listen, you know, to-do lists, they're the graveyards of important but not urgent tasks. And um, the reason why is, uh, you know, even when you try to prioritize them, we don't distinguish on a to-do list what's going to take a few minutes versus what's going to take an hour or more. So we generally just say, what are we going to tackle next? And we gravitate to the ones that are real fast, you know, the ones that we can cross off within the hour. Uh, it makes it really easy to work on the urgent stuff instead of the important. Ooh, you know, this feels like it's a burning fire. Let me work on that. Uh, to-do lists also cause undue stress. The psychologists call this the Zygernick effect. So when our minds, when our, when our subconscious knows we got stuff to do and there's no plan to do it, it eats at us. It stresses us out. That's why at night we go home and we're exhausted and we collapse into bed. And then we can't fall asleep. You know, we've got insomnia because our brain's churning on all those things that we still have to do. So what's the answer? Highly successful people don't have a to-do list, but they have a very well-kept calendar. Ultra-productive people live from their calendar. Now, you're probably like disappointed with the surprise answer, but sometimes the simple stuff is hard to implement and still life-changing, career-changing when it's done right. You know, this was one of the most consistent messages I got from all the people I interviewed, from all the research. You know, if you truly want to get something done, if you really plan on doing it, put it on your calendar. Jordan Harbinger, co-founder of The Art of Charm. It's a podcast and uh, a school and course that teaches 
people networking and relationship skills. He told me this. He says, listen, use a calendar and schedule your entire day into 15-minute blocks. It sounds like a pain, but this will set you up in the 95th percentile as far as organization goes. If it's not on the calendar, it doesn't get done. If it's on the calendar, it gets done no matter what. Use this not just for appointments, but for workouts, calls, email blocks, etc. Notice the 15-minute blocks. Ultra-productive people know the power of 1440. There's 1,440 minutes in a day. It's true that by default, Outlook and Google Calendar is going to open up an event for 30 minutes or 60 minutes. Change that. You can change that in the settings down to 15 minutes. Marissa Mayer runs 10-minute long meetings because she's doing so many meetings. Serial entrepreneur and best-selling author Chris Ducker told me, what's his secret to success? What's his secret to productivity? I simply put everything on my schedule. That's it. Everything I do on a day-to-day basis gets put on my schedule. 30 minutes of social media, on the schedule. 45 minutes of email management, on the schedule. Catching up with my virtual team, on the schedule. Quiet time to contemplate and plan, on the schedule. Shannon Miller um, won more uh, Olympic medals than any other gymnast. She told me that she learned it back when she was an athlete, and she's doing it now that she has you know, her, own, her own business. She schedules her life down to the minute. CEO of LinkedIn, Jeff Weiner, wrote a blog post about this, about how his entire day is scheduled and he schedules buffer time, 30-minute blocks throughout the day for him to catch up or to sit quietly and to think, to regroup so that he's not running around like a crazy maniac. And he says it felt like a luxury, felt guilty about it at first, but you know, being mindful, being present, being strategic focused on the right things is the right thing to do. So, you know, when you move from a to-do list to a calendar, all of a sudden you can manage distractions so much better. You know, you're not checking email throughout the day uh, as thinking you're being productive when really it's just a procrastination technique. You're not, you know, checking into Snapchat or Facebook or Twitter uh, throughout the entire day. You can process social media. You can process email, but you've got a time for it and limits on it. So listen, I know I'm going to be doing social media 30 minutes this afternoon, so I'm not going to hop on it 50 times between now and then. The other reason why um, putting everything on your calendar is so important and effective is it makes sure that the urgent items don't erase the important items. So, you know, you're, you're, think about Jeff Weiner and, and uh, uh, you know, Chris Ducker. They're even scheduling their quiet time, their creative time, their strategic time. You know, I talked about in the last episode, identify your most important task and time block it. You should have at least an hour, if not 90 minutes or two hours, of a recurring time block, five days a week on your calendar. Okay, from 9 to 10.30, that's MIT time. And I'll jot in the specific MIT on a day-to-day basis. But it's just time block there. Don't ask me to have a coffee meeting at 9.30 in the morning because that's my MIT time. So the other uh, reason when you time block uh, all of your, your work and life activities is that it makes it more realistic in terms of, of saying yes to items or saying no to items. Oh, you want to get together and um, you know catch up and pick my brain over coffee? 
hey, sure, I'd love to do that. That's great. But instead of saying, yes, let's do it tomorrow because there's a blank slot on my calendar and now pushing all my to-do lists down another two hours uh, uh, at least because I've now got this coffee time, I'm going to open the calendar. And if the time slot isn't available tomorrow for catching up with people or for networking or whatever I want to classify that, I'm going to say, you know what? Yeah, we can grab coffee, but all of my calendar is full until three weeks from now. You know, how's Friday the 21st at 10 a.m.? I've got a time block there. And, you know, that was something I learned from uh, Dave Kirpin. He said, listen, I value... Uh, making new friends and giving back to people, including strangers. So I don't just ignore all those emails that come in, people saying, hey, can I pick your brain? Can we jump on the phone? He says, I just time block it. I've got one hour a week dedicated to talking to random people on the phone. And when someone asks to get together, I'd send them my calendar link and they get into the first slot. And hey, if I've got 15 minutes free this Thursday, fantastic. But maybe I'm booked up for the next five weeks. He's not saying no. He's not saying I never do that thing. He's allocated time for it, whether that's an hour a week, a day a week, whatever you want to do. And then when it's full, it's full. When you really get in tune with time blocking on your calendar, you can look at your week and see your true values. You know, they say we can we can tell what a person truly values by looking at their checkbook and their calendar. You know, how are they spending their money? How are they spending their time? You say that you value your uh, your marriage. Well, why don't we see date night, you know, time blocked on your calendar once a week? You, know, you say that your kids are one of your highest priorities and values, but have you already put all of their soccer games onto your schedule, you know, for the season? Uh, did you already time block all of their practices and, you know, their dance performances and all those things? Why is that not on your calendar? You say, you know, that um, for, in my own case, something I learned, I, you know, I value my team members both because I want to coach them and help them from a you know, humanistic reason and because it makes sense. You know, everybody that reports to me, if I can upgrade their skills quickly, then they're going to do better for my business. So every Monday, I time block one-on-one -on -one time for each of my direct reports. Now, look, you know, they might not get a whole lot of my attention Tuesday through Friday because I don't, you know, I have other time blocks, but they know they're always going to get my attention one-on-one -on -one for 30 to 60 minutes every single Monday. I value my health, so I time block 60 minutes of workout times on a daily basis. And the other thing is once you've identified your values, you've time blocked all of this, then you need to protect the time, you know, like it's a doctor's appointment. You know, someone wants to get together. Your boss wants to talk to you. It's like, okay, I can, but I've got a doctor appointment. You know, can, can we do it another time? If not, it's okay. I, I can, I can reschedule. And that's the other takeaway. You don't just cancel your doctor appointment. You reschedule it. So I think you've got the idea and it's amazing. Once you put Everything from your, your to-do list onto your calendar, that Zygernik effect disappears. Your subconscious knows, yeah, you got a lot of stuff to do, but there's a plan for it. You got a time already allocated. On this day and this time, you're going to work on it. So all of a sudden, that insomnia and all that chatter in your subconscious goes away. So, you know, how do you apply this really specifically? If you're not already using an online, a digital calendar, I suggest you get one. You know, I use Google Calendar. <clears throat> In the past, I used Outlook Calendar. There's great calendar apps. 
just pick something that can be synchronized across your devices that's available online remotely that you might want to share with some you know, virtual assistants or your admin or some partners. Uh, and then look at your to-do list. Take all those items on your to-do list and schedule time to get them done. Even if it's a, a non-urgent, non-important item, <laughs> like work on the family photo album or whatever that is, Okay, put it three months from now and on a Sunday afternoon, get it all out of your mind, out of your to-do list piece of paper and get it on your calendar. And then throw away that to-do list, toss it out the window, burn it in the fireplace, tear it up and, you know, yell a hip hip hooray and toss the confetti in the air because now you're going to sleep well tonight knowing exactly what you need to do and that you've got a plan to get it done you need to stop using a to-do list and start living your life from the calendar. You run the day or the day runs you. All right. Thank you again for joining me on this episode of the Extreme Productivity Podcast. Don't forget, if you want to download that one-page planning tool that millionaires use to schedule their day, just visit extreme-productivity.com or text the word ACHIEVE to 44222 and come back for the next episode. You are going to learn that there are four types of procrastinators. What is your procrastination personality? Find out on the next episode. Until then, remember, master your minutes to master your life. Hey, if you like this podcast, you're going to love the LeadX Academy at leadx.org. If you didn't know, LeadX is actually my company, and we have dozens of video-based courses that are designed to help you to achieve your full potential. And I personally teach you courses via video like how to cure procrastination, how to stop time thieves, how to cut your email inbox traffic in half, how to get to inbox zero with the 4D habit, how to minimize your meeting time, and how to maximize your focus and energy and so much more. And every month we're adding new courses, new webinars, and new resources. You could check it all out, no cost. There's a free trial at leadx.org. Until next week, remember, we all have the same 1,440 minutes a day. Master your minutes to master your life.